0: well good morning to you i'm in a new place as you probably have noticed um my I, i've been doing these from my guitar room upstairs but a very very kind man who is very generous as well knowing that i no longer have an office uh, gave me an office and his firm and it's quite the place so if you get dizzy quickly you can turn your head for a moment right i'll we'll move this about that way you can see have got you know just lovely table and everything ready, guitar there, ready for anybody to complete. All right. Those who get dizzy, we're back on solid ground. And what a day. Revelation 6. This is what many people think of when they think of Revelation. They think of the seals and, and the trumpets and the prophecies. And that's really what we're getting into today with Revelation 6. The first set, the seals, the first set of visions, there will be three sets of seven, all talking about the same thing, just using different metaphors. The first one comes in and it's quite a doozy. Uh, Chapter six, and I'll read the first eight verses. I watched as a lamb opened the first of the seven seals. Then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, come. (laughs) You probably will. I looked, and there before me, white horse. Its rider held a bow, and he was given a crown, and he rode out as a conqueror, bent on conquest. When the lamb opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, come. Then another horse came out, a fiery one. Its rider was given power to take peace from the earth and to make people kill each other. To him was given a large sword. When the lamb opened the third seal, I heard the living creature say, come. I looked, and there before me was a black horse. Its rider was holding a a pair of scales in his hand. Then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures saying, two pounds of wheat for a day's wages, six pounds of barley for a day's wages, and do not damage the oil and the wine. When the lamb opened the fourth seal, I heard the fourth living creature say, come. I looked and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Death and Hades was following close behind him. They were given power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine and plague and by the wild beast of the earth." Well, Are you having a good morning so far? This is, I'm shaking this thing, It's, it's not very, there we go, sorry. I'll try not to do that too often. If this seems frightening to you, just imagine what it felt like to them. They're the ones hearing this. Again, almost nobody gets to read it because that's not the way things were done, and you just didn't have that kind of papyrus or vellum about books were just super, super precious. Um, therefore, you it's designed for hearing, and you've done that. Imagine what it felt. Their heads would be spinning at this stage. And these important seals are going to reveal information about their lives. How are they going to care for their wives, their children, their husband, aging parents if those are still with you? How are you going to provide food for the table? This is important stuff. When Daniel was shown his revelation, he first hit the ground. Uh, And like he he said, like dead. So he fainted away. And the angel picked him up and said, you know, we don't have that kind of time. Pay attention. There's only one in heaven and earth that was strong enough to open the seal. And you remember who it was? The slaughtered lamb. The least likely being in heaven. Now, if you're leaping here saying, yeah, but they all knew he was Christ. I agree. They did. But he chose to show himself as a slaughtered lamb, the least threatening thing you will ever see in the book of Revelation. And he wins, which is really, really cool. God will always triumph. And he doesn't need kings. He doesn't need chariots or tanks. God triumphs because God is God. First Commandment Christians know this. We will have no other God before him. Jesus displays his amazing power by using the tools of love, service, self-sacrifice, and forgiveness. You know, when you got tanks rolling over the hill, you tend to devalue the need for love and grace and service. And yet, that's what's winning the earth and will win the earth. Even atheists are writing books now about the moral arc, as it's called, ARC, if you want to look it up later. I'm going to adjust this a little bit. There we go. Here we go, guys. There we go. The moral arc is bending toward justice. We've heard that from uh, civil rights leaders. And once again, even atheists are saying we're noticing. Now, you're, you're going to have a hard time believing this bet, okay? So just brace up. Brace yourself. There are fewer wars on our planet now than at any other time in human history. And we know those wars all the way back to about 3000 BC, but reliably 1500 BC. There are, the Encyclopedia of War, I think it's in, uh, is now in a fourth volume because they just add to it. And you see all of the wars and conflicts. It's a, uh, we're a lot less now. We don't tolerate holocaust anymore we don't turn our eyes to that away from that there are a couple places where holocaust still go on like in sudan um mauritania and mali where there are very active slave markets or north korea where the entire kingdom is a slave to their leaders however with the world's number of these things is way down how did God do it? By being as wise as a serpent, but harmless as a dove. Matthew ten sixteen is a good verse to remember. Be smart. See the situation and react accordingly. The revelator is called out of the throne room to come down and look at what's about to be unleashed on earth. Four horsemen are revealed. First one's a white horse. He wears a crown. He has a bow. He's said to be uh, going to be a conqueror. He's going conquering and to conquer, which just means it's not going to stop. He's taking over. He'll continue to do so. But Before we can talk about what white horse represents, it's important to know that this vision and the idea of horses of different colors, you've heard that phrase. If you're an old person in America, I don't think this caught on most places people would talk about instead of well that's another matter entirely they would say well that's a horse of a different color and if you're wondering where'd that come from it comes from the bible actually in zechariah and i'm going to put all my description of the video so that you can have it at least i won't try to um it is really really kind of ominous here. in zechariah chapter uh we're going to start chapter one verses eight through eleven During the night, I had a vision, and there before me was a man seated on a red horse. He was standing among the myrtle trees in a ravine. Behind him were red, brown, and white horses. I said, what are these, Lord? The angel who was talking to me said, I'll show you what they are. Then the man standing among the myrtle trees explained, they are the ones the Lord has sent to go throughout the earth. And they reported to the angel of the Lord who was standing among the myrtle trees. We have gone throughout the earth and found the whole world at rest and peace." I don't really want to get into what Zechariah is talking about here. We can do a Zechariah class if you like. Um, We're going to start doing some Bible studies that uh, sometimes there will be people with me, sometimes alone. So just stay tuned. Uh, This week is a really big announcement week so hang in there Zechariah chapter six this is actually one of my favorite passages it um, we're just going to read verses one through eight i looked up again and there before me were four chariots coming out from between two mountains mountains of bronze the first chariot had red horses the second black the third white and the fourth dappled all of them powerful i asked the angel who was speaking to me What are these, my Lord? The angel answered me, These are the four spirits of heaven going out from standing in the presence of the Lord in the whole world. The one with the black horses is going to the north country. The one with the white horses toward the west. The one with the down horses toward the south. When the powerful horses went out, they were straining to go throughout the earth. And he said, Go throughout the earth. So they went throughout the earth it's repeated that's a semitic thing and he called to me look those going to the north country have given my spirit rest in the land of the north oh boy we're not alone in the universe and there's a lot going on out there and angels are among us and powerful ones are still moving among the myrtle trees or the cottonwoods or the oaks or the red maples they, uh, the hoofbeats go with the, the movement of leaves and on the trees, but also the fallen leaves as they skitter down the street. God's beings are here. They got this. We were never designed to survive the planet. We all die. Nothing in our covenant or in our history indicates that we won't or that we shouldn't. In fact, we're going to. It is how do we conduct ourselves while the angels watch us and work among us that matters. Back to Revelation. The first one, the first writer is not named. In fact, only the fourth of all four of these is expressly named. But we can figure out who the first writer is, I believe, by going to Revelation chapter 19. I'm not gonna read it right now. It's gonna be in your notes. Revelation 19, 11 through 6, is very definitely Jesus the Christ. What's the sword all about? The sword of his mouth in in chapter 19? He works, remember the word of God is sharper than a double-edged sword? He works with love, grace, mercy, and peace. And that love of, of peace on earth, goodwill toward men, well, that's his way of conquering. And he does not come alone. He has an army with him this army is very, very active. And here's where caution needs to be interjected into our lesson. I've not surveyed all the literature on the book of Revelation. I've certainly read a lot. Uh, I would would probably say scores and scores of books. But it can truly be said that half of all the scholars believe that the white horse is Antichrist. Half believe he is Christ. And to be fair, both sides make very good arguments and um you can't you can't blame any of them for being lazy they put a lot of work into this and they are that divided i think the best argument that this is christ comes from the description in revelation 19 11 through 16 the best uh, argument that this is antichrist is that he has a he's a conqueror owned, armed with a bow the other three writers that are with him are not Christ-like at all. I think this is Christ. He conquers and continues to do so even into the far lands. The bow, bows were you know archers were a real deal um, because you didn't have close, and it was it was amazing if you watch the development of this. The reason the, the British were able to to defeat the French in se- several famous battles is because the Welsh had a long bow that went further, and crossbows were considered so deadly, many kings tried to ban them because they just weren't fair. The bow goes out, and this rider is able to go anywhere and everywhere and conquer. To confess Christ, to declare allegiance to Christ anywhere in the Roman Empire was to invite great suffering and persecution you see rome's very jealous that they are god and at the top of the heap and jesus is very jealous even uses those terms god does as well you never put anything over god period that's it uh something important to remember as i don't know when you're going to be watching this but we're in a political season and frankly we've been in one almost all my life remember who truly reigns the numbers of christians directly killed by the romans in the next two centuries of persecution is really unknown it might be lower than you think um, i've had people say millions of christians were killed by the romans excuse me <clears throat> no no not millions about a hundred thousand that's a lot that's a lot but probably four or five times that many did die, because they were dislocated. They were shoved away from their towns. Now they don't have access to shelter, to protection, to goods, to food. So being dislocated and being roaming bands that in an area in which there were no laws protecting you, this is um, that's deadly as well. It just kills in a different way. The sword Jesus is coming with um, is a short sword. It's that's the kind of sword that was is referred to here. It's a Roman sword. It's about that long. Uh, we would almost call it a dagger, except it was wider, and it was built for close-in work, as intelligence agencies call it, today, wet work, because you're going to get bloody. So this Christ, this Rider. He's, he's everywhere. It, uh, um, it's just amazing. And then the black horse comes and he persecutes Christians, not with a sword, but economically. You see, you couldn't buy in many marketplaces because you weren't loyal to Rome and you couldn't do the required Hail Caesar. So you had to buy at inflated prices on the black market, which means you don't get much for your money. And that's what he's doing here. You work all day and you don't get enough food to sustain your family because you can't go to the marketplace because you are an atheist. You don't believe that Rome is God. You can tell them all day long, no, I'm not an atheist. I believe in the God. Doesn't matter if you don't believe in their God. To them, you're an atheist and very dangerous, a danger to the peace of Rome. Then comes the pale horse, death. We're told he would not take them all, but take a a remarkable percentage. And be careful here, because when it says he will destroy a fourth, our Western minds, what do we do? 25%. That's not the way Semitic language and mind means. It means he will take enough to disrupt your culture. Systems break down. Think of it in America, and, and most of the world, What happened when COVID hit? It was two weeks to flatten the curve, which is now stretched out over eight months, Uh, and people are locking down again uh, in some of our cities, and um, they just announced a lockdown again after all of this time. What happened to us? Well, at present, just over 200,000 Americans have died with COVID, almost, almost 90% were over 70 and had many comorbidities. But regardless, what did our culture do? 330 million people locked down. Culture was just disrupted. There weren't concerts. You couldn't go to the shops. You, um, you were fearful whenever you came close to somebody at first. Do you remember that? And then when the mask went on, that was so bizarre. Think of what would happen if a fourth drop later in europe things like that would happen with the plagues but this is about persecution dislocation and the loss of your culture and you will no longer be able to buy medicines the oil and the wine because they're just out of reach don't touch those don't harm those get your hands off them you don't have enough money for medicine it's um take take yourself take a moment to ask yourself how these visions were received and how they were supposed to be helpful. I believe they were. I believe they were very helpful. I was asked when I was teaching at Ohio State University, a class on death and dying, a brilliant question by one of the questioners. They said, do people in other cultures grieve like we grieve? Brilliant question. And my response was, they grieve as much as we do, and they hurt as much as we do. But they grieve in a different way in many of these poor cultures to this very day because they didn't expect that the person would get better. We do take them to the hospital, fix this. I don't care what it costs, go out, go fix this. They can't get to a hospital. They don't have the oil in the line. They don't have the medicine. You know, Maybe they'll walk a day to a road and sit there with their sick baby waiting for a passing truck that might come by or a cart. That might let them ride to a town that might or might not have any medicine. You know, I'm, these places are all over, and if you're a Christian who's done missionary work or somebody that's been military and you've been um, posted in some of these places, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They needed in the first century to know you will not survive this. Many of you will not. Some are crying times are hard now. And I keep thinking, no, not even close. In heaven, the the souls were crying out, how long? We do have a cheering section in heaven, Hebrews 12.2. This is the same message we're gonna get in Revelation. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are looking at us. They are watching us and they are sending help, but don't hunt the help. Don't get so attached to the angels because that's not what they want. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. We need the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Verses nine through 11 of of, of Revelation six. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and the testimony they had maintained. They called out in a loud voice, how long sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood. Then each of them was given a white robe and they were told to wait a little longer until the full number of their fellow servants, their brothers and sisters were killed just as they had been. Hmm. Go back and review the the layout of the throne room of God. It's it's put in human terms. I'm sure when we get there, it's gonna be different, but put in human terms. Notice that closer to God, than the 24 elders, closer to God than the four living creatures or any of the host of God. Who is closest to God right by Jesus? Martyrs, those who died for the faith. Now you can do that in various ways. I mean, they can burn you at the stake and they can hang you. Yeah, that that would be dying for your faith, Uh, but they can also kill you by dislocating you and you're never able to really get medicine or adequate food there are a lot of ways to kill you they can kill your reputation they can come at you and say well you know Patrick did this or and Bob did that and you ought to have seen with this and you can kill a person's reputation and then what happens they again they cannot they lose community it's a death it's a separation we need to remember a little while and God will move Doesn't seem like a little while to us. And it didn't to them, but they did see God moving in those first centuries. That's why the church is still with us. Whereas the empire of Rome, gone, completely gone. Even their language is dead. And only used for medical terms or uh, some legal terms or the like, but it's just, it's dead. The promise made to Abraham and his children took 400 years to fulfill. Now they have Canaan 400 years after the promise. We need to know the and deal with the hardest command any soldier, any, any dog has. Stay, hold still. It is so hard. you see what's coming or you see what you want to go do and and fix and touch or what precautions you and God says stand my father was a hard man Uh, in every way you want to call a man hard he was hard and we had a very difficult relationship in fact very often we had no relationship because I was not up to his standards uh religiously and he had a pattern that I just couldn't hold to. That said, my father taught me something very, very important. How to stand alone and still stand. I've had to do that. I gotta tell you, I never enjoyed it. But afterwards, I thanked God for the strength to stand. And God is telling the martyrs who are the closest people to him, in fact when the martyrs show up jesus stands when stephen was stoned in the book of acts you look into heaven jesus is standing jesus has respect for those who stand i love what martin luther said when they threatened him with excommunication and he said here i stand i can do no other so help me god that's a good thing to remember, the sixth seal opens. We do get a a, um, a glimpse of judgment. Let's do this quickly. I watched as he opened the sixth seal. There was a great earthquake, and the sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair. The whole moon turned blood red. Do not panic. The people yelling, red moons, and and you know, all of this red heifers and stop you are trying to make something out of this that it isn't they knew what this meant and we know too if we're willing to drop the drama and act like and quit acting like every word in the scripture is all about us right and the stars in the sky fell to the earth as figs drop from a fig tree when shaken by a strong wind if you've ever been in an apple orchard when the wind hits and that thum, 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 that's That's what he's talking about. The heavens receded like a scroll being rolled up and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Then the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty, everyone else, both slave and free, hid in caves and among the rocks of the mountains. They called to the mountains and the rocks fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb, the wrath of the Lamb for the great day of their wrath has come and who can withstand it? It's the wrath of the lamb, but it's a great day of their wrath. What's going on? God's the Lord of the harvest and he has told us that what you sow, you will reap. Now, uh, some of you are right now suffering a variety of ailments or situations. I am not blaming the victim here. I'm not saying, well, you must have sowed that and it's coming back. That's a doctrine in Eastern religion called karma. And karma is the idea of a devil. The devil came up with that. The idea that you're suffering because you if you're suffering, it's because you deserved it. And if you do good, then the universe will do good to you. Remember, we're not designed for survival. We're designed to be faithful. These people, the wrath they threw was coming back on them. Think of the communist leaders that were pulled down. Some of them killed. Mussolini pulled down, a fascist leader killed. The wrath came back on them. That's all God is saying here. He is not saying that you are a bad person if you suffer. Well, this is not judgment day as we think of it. Oh, I've heard it preached that way, but no. This is to them. Let them have a book and let us learn from the book and from them, right? It's not hard. All you have to do is remember God loves you and you don't have to be special. You can just be somebody God loves. Anyway, when we think about this, we sometimes call it Judgment Day. It was to them, it was, it is not to us. That whole astronomical and planetary thing of stars falling and scrolls being rolled back up. It is possible that it is speaking somewhat of physical geological issues like earthquakes and the like but in Semitic thought when you talk like this you're talking about the fall of governments kings local cultural heroes safe zones all of that will be gone they're being warned do not think all right if i don't go with wrong but there's this ruler over here maybe i could latch and help me be safer the, all the leaders are going, and, and we still do this. When somebody um, is a great movie star or a sports star, we call a star. all of that's gone. It's going to fall away. The kings of the earth who lorded it over everything will die alongside the poor they despise because God is in charge of the universe, not the stars. That does include astrology as well that's rubbish forget it your life is not affected by the stars they don't know you're here and if they knew they wouldn't care so enjoy the stars (laughs) god's doing something else up there we never if a king of of the roman time and i gotta wrap this up i know i'm I'm looking at the time going oh dear dear me too long these people You're, you're suffering um and by the way, welcome to the first sermons I wasn't allowed to preach because I uh, lost my position at a church. But I know how to stand. The kings of the rulers of the day were quite aware that there are armies out there, but they never expected it to be defeated, especially by a lamb who could have seen that coming. I'm going to do a little preview here of the next one because Revelation 7 is where some people go completely off the reservation and go screaming around lighting dumpsters on fire. So little preview, uh, chapter seven, one through three, after this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth. Atheists will sometimes look at that and say, ah, oh, the Bible teaches the flat earth. No, no, he's talking about cardinal direction and that's the way we still do it, we still do it today. You know, I'm gonna, you know, we have the four points of the compass, all right? The sun rises. No, it doesn't. The earth turns. We know that. God uses language like we use language, all right? And especially like we in different times. This is how they use language. This is how he's gonna talk. Again, do you really think God tried to tell Moses the mechanics of how everything was created in chapter one of Genesis? It'd be like trying to explain quantum mechanics to a cricket. God has to put it in human terms, that the human at the time can go, okay, got it. Four angels standing at the four corners. They are holding back the four winds of the earth to prevent any wind from blowing on the land or the sea or on any tree. Then I saw another angel coming up from the east Having the seal of the living God, he cried out in a loud voice to the four angels who've been given power to harm the land and the sea. Do not harm the land or the sea or the trees until we put our seal on the foreheads of the servants of our God. But encouragement, verse 9 through 12. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Praise, glory, wisdom, thanks, honor, power, strength. Look at that, seven. Be to our God forever and ever. Amen. God moves when it's time to move. You may feel that you are defeated, but God marks his own. You might think you're dying, but those marked with Jesus and those who are baptized into into, into Christ, those who focused on Jesus and turned from all other gods, those people do not die they do not lose they are transformed they are translated salvation belongs to our god be at peace turn off the news learn how to stand quietly with your god god bless we'll do this again later right and thanks